0: That's how we'll start this. No rest for the wicked. Dave and I are back. Suck a voice radio hour. I hate starting shows the same every single time. So I figured I'd start it like that. No rest for the wicked. And guess what? UFC 210 last night, there was no rest for the wicked. Dave, it was a pretty good card overall, I think. What did you think?
1: Uh, I would give it a solid C-plus rating, if we're rating by
0: Way cards. to get right into it, eh? Hey, how would I ask you, how the fuck are you doing, I guess, before uh, we get into the card? Right?
1: Yeah, like, like thanks for caring. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm, right? I'm doing good, <laughs> man. Uh, you know, I'm just sitting around. The weather's nice here. You know, it's always nice you... Uh, Uh, A pep in your step when uh, the weather turns. You know what I mean? Spring is in the air. The the cherry blossoms are on the trees. Um, The sun is rising early. It's setting late. It is the start of what I hope to be an amazing spring leading into uh, just a, a beautiful, beautiful summer.
0: Hopefully. You can never count on anything here in Vancouver. An abysmal winter we had. Uh, It took forever for the fucking cherry blossoms to come out. And uh, some of you people who are listening to this on the East Coast and whatnot probably don't even know what the hell cherry blossoms are. But uh, we usually get them, you know, mid to late February this year. They didn't start coming out until a little over last week, I guess.
1: (laughs) The weather is one of those things that comes and goes here in Vancouver. I think... um the month of february we had temperatures that hit um minus eight minus nine as well as then jumping up to 12 13 degrees we saw snow we saw rain we saw sun um i don't believe any other month has ever produced all four seasons the way february did for us this year
0: no yeah that was crazy Something that else that's crazy is Sundays. Like today, we're recording this show on a Sunday. Seems like Sundays are very crazy for you. Um, recording, what, three podcasts, I guess? Both of your shows, as well as this one today. A uh, Very busy Sunday for you, my friend.
1: Sunday fun day, my friend. Um, just no lazy Sundays when it comes to uh, podcasting. Uh but it's the only thing I put on the calendar for the day. So as soon as I get each of the shows done, I feel um, weight lifted from my shoulders. Um, and then I look forward to watching whatever HBO or Netflix has produced for me. And it's, that's, that's my night where I, I dive in to my um, indulgement of television. So after the podcast, I will have a very relaxing, uh, maybe I'll have some tea. Maybe I'll go for uh, a skate around the neighborhood, and then dive right into some Netflix and and actually chilling, not actually um, you know doing the proverbial chill part.
0: <laughs> There's this Netflix show, and I, you know, I feel like a fourteen-year-old girl saying that I really dig it, but it's this new one. It just was released, I guess. It's called Thirteen Reasons Why. Have you checked that out yet?
1: I I saw that it was there. Um, Swayze, my significant other, has. Been away for the last little while, so I noticed that it is a series, and one of those series that I think she would enjoy. So I actually have to hold off on starting it so that we can watch it together. I don't want to sound uh, like I'm holding her handbag, but it's just it's just the right thing to do.
0: It's one where you're like, it's one of those shows where it's definitely going to be a guilty pleasure of mine. I will say that I I don't feel like I. I should give away my man card because it's not that bad, but um, it it's an addicting show. It'll it'll reel you in and it'll piss you off and it'll do all this other kind of stuff. And it's very well made in my opinion, so I I think you will enjoy it. Speaking of giving up man
1: cards and um, I, I don't know where I was gonna go with that one. I started to think about, oh, I could segue into the fights, but actually what I was going to say is, speaking of man cards um, and uh, holding the handbag, did you watch
0: Riverdale? I did, actually, and I still am. And you know what? That that one, I guess I could give a man card away, but it as well was a guilty pleasure or is a guilty pleasure.
1: Absolutely. From that, do you, do you have a keen segue from Riverdale to UFC 210?
0: Not UFC 210, but you did send me a video prior to this podcast, and one of your co-hosts could be giving away their man card because he got choked out and put to sleep by uh, Tita on your other show. Um, yes,
1: so earlier today we recorded two shows. I have the Voice Boy show, which is on uh, Faction Talk, Sirius XM, every Saturdays at 11, East, 11 Pacific. Standard Time, 11 Eastern, as well as there's a, a show you can download or download off of iTunes, This Boy's Life. During the recording of This Boy's Life, um, I taught one of my co-hosts, Suicide Girl Cupcake Du Jour, how to perform a rear naked choke on the other co-host of the show, the murderous Mark Murdoch. Um, Mark went to sleep for what would've been maybe one second, maybe two, maybe one, 1. 1.5 seconds, but he definitely went out. He went the, the shade color and uh, actually even the veins in his face, uh, he resembled none other than Admiral Akbar from uh, Return of the Jedi. <laughs> and it was funny because when he came to, he said the same thing that I think, every single other person that goes to sleep for their first time on their mats. No, no, I'm fine. I was only out for a second.
0: Yeah, I've been put to sleep a couple times. Uh, One time waking up, not realizing where the hell I was. I took off my gi jacket as quick as I could and I was confused to shit (laughs) as to where I was. Um, Funny enough, my buddy was filming that night and filmed me getting put to sleep and the guy who put me to sleep was freaking out ah but it's definitely the butt end of a lot of jokes in the gym these days. At least you didn't pee yourself, which is something that we we were fearful as we
1: we went through the technique with uh, Tita and Mark that uh, he would he would urinate and she, and it would become more than just a uh, a jiu jitsu match, and then turn into some sort of water sports that were not necessary necessarily asked for.
0: <laughs> how how would you grade her uh, technique? It, it from poor, the video poor. that you sent me, it, she looked pretty good. I, I would say poor. I, she here's the here's the thing. So as she
1: applied it, she's she's going gingerly at first because she doesn't really yeah. want to hurt him, and she truly. Doesn't want to put him to sleep. So she's kind of like just holding it on. Now she has, she has, uh, you know, the, the way it is applied is proper, but she's a pretty small little girl and he's got a pretty skinny neck at that. So she wasn't really applying it hard, but hard enough that it was probably still cutting off a good amount of the circulation of the blood to his head. So I'm going, no, you got to just go. You got to choke him. And I'm trying to like tell her, you just got to go. You got to go hard. You got to squeeze hard. But she's not. She's looking at me and she's like, got it applied at maybe 60%. And And then I was just like, this is how you kill somebody. You know, you got to apply it. Goes to sleep and comes back, but instead, it's like you, like carbon monoxide poisoning. It's just a slow death. It's like a sixty percent rear naked choke. Like how do you die on the show? Mm, a poorly applied rear naked choke for five <laughs> minutes. You know, I had, I was actually oh, starting to get fearful, and then as soon as he went out, I was like, He's sleep, he's sleeping, he's sleeping, he's sleeping. But as soon as she let go, he he came right back to. But I'm not kidding. Um, you should check out my Instagram, This Boy's Life. Uh, and you will notice that he he does go
0: um, he turns from human to Admiral Ackbar. Hilarious! All right, let's talk UFC two ten and the segue there rear naked chokes. The main card on pay per view kicked off with a beauty of a rear naked choke. Charles Oliveira defeats Will Brooks via rear naked choke, two minutes and thirty seconds into round one. I myself picked Will Brooks in this fight. Uh, I think he is a lot more highly touted and, uh, has that push behind him coming over from other organization from Bellator as their big kingpin coming into the UFC. He just, he doesn't have it. I don't think, I don't think so anymore. I think
1: two and two at this point, is he not? He He could be one and two, one and two. Okay.
0: Yeah. No, he did he come lost, over. He lost his de- I know he beat Ross Pearson and he lost to Cowboy, right? No. He yeah, Cowboy Oliveira. So yes. he came in, he beat Pearson in his debut and then he lost to Cowboy Alex Oliveira by a knockout and then now he lost to Charles Oliveira. So he's 0 and 2 against Oliveiras and 1 and 2 overall in the UFC. Now, I don't know whether he's coming into the UFC on a high, um, especially after beating Ross Pearson in a nice little performance, I guess. Not the greatest of performances in your UFC debut. He won it, but he didn't look fantastic. Like, he should have coming off of, you know, he fucking knocked out Michael Chandler. He beat Michael Chandler twice, who is easily a very good fighter in Bellator, if not one of the better lightweight fighters overall in the world. But I don't think that this guy is that damn good. I think he is
1: that just damn don't. good. He's just going against people that are just a little bit better than him. Yeah. I. It's it's the curse of Bellator. It is. It's like but UFC I think guys Michael Chandler over, would
0: do much, much better.
1: I, I have found that the UFC guys that go over to Bellator just do Okay and then the bellator guys that come over to the UFC just do okay there's it's not like yeah, one guy a fair just goes back and forth and dominates the other division look at Hector Lombard you know what i mean it's not it's he was a beast over there you know un- unstoppable never lost in bellator comes over here loses his first fight
0: very very fair assessment i i i hear you there Charles Oliveira looked fucking good though, man. Oh, that he submission, was that transition, man, the way he jumped over to the back right as Will Brooks rolled to his knees, like pff, textbook.
1: There was one part right where he um, he had he had Will Brooks back, and Will Brooks started to turn into him, grabbed the foot, came up on top, and I was like, wow, that was a good that was good transition. And then, boom, flips over, back taken again, and the rear naked choke gets sunken in. Right as I thought the the fight was about to turn, it was over.
0: Yeah, man. It was pretty slick. I'll have to admit that. After that one, Tiago Alves took on Patrick Cote. I myself thought Cote was going to get it done in this one, but unfortunately, he decided to make it a kickboxing match. Stood with him the entire fight, and Tiago Alves is not a guy you want to stand and trade with. Alves made Cote look like a punching bag in this fight and earned a unanimous decision. 30-27 on all three judges' scorecards. I wasn't impressed with Cote, but I have been impressed with his entire career. He gets on the mic. He retires following the fight. Congratulations to Patrick Cote on a great career. But congratulations to Tiago Alves for winning this one at UFC 210.
1: Now that we know that Patrick Cote was going to retire at the end of that fight, I, I it it does not surprise me that he decided to stand and trade for his last fight. Why try to grind out a victory when truly? you want to give the best performance you can you want to give what the fans want to see so that's about standing trading and just going going at it so knowing that he was going to retire I'm not surprised that he chose that route it was not so different than I believe it was Chris Lytle's last fight where he just decided he could have taken them down I can't even remember who he's fighting he could have taken him down and grinded it out but he chose to stand and trade because that's what
0: That's what the fans are there to see. So that's what he gave them. So do you think, okay, yeah, he had it planned. He knew he was going to retire. He wanted to stand and bang. He goes in there and he knocks out Tiago Alves. Does he still retire? I believe he does. I believe he's, he's already made. Mentally, I think
1: once you've made that decision, it's almost like a weight has been lifted. It's like breaking up with a girlfriend that you know you don't really want to be with anymore. It's like leaving a job that you don't really want to be at anymore. All of a sudden, if you know it's coming, you'd have this weight lifted. And that's probably like with the end of a career, uh, a vicious career like mixed martial arts, I bet a weight would be lifted the entire training camp, just knowing this is the last time I'm going to have to do this. This is the last time I'm going to have to do a weight cut. This is the last time I'm going to have to meal prep. You know what I mean? All of those things. This is the last time I'm going to have to go uh, do two-a-days and three-a-days. You'd be some weight-lifted, man.
0: For sure. Speaking of weight-lifted... Cynthia Calvillo defeats Pearl Gonzalez via submission rear-naked choke. Man, rear-naked chokes were the thing at UFC 210. But before we get to that fight, let's talk about the lead-up to that fight. Pearl Gonzalez... According to the New York State Athletic Commission, gets removed from the card because of fake tits. They didn't want her to get into the cage or the octagon with uh, breast implants. This news came out. Hours later, it was revealed that the fight would go on. The New York State Athletic Commission, according to a few people out there, just made up this rule. And uh, the fight did go on. It didn't go her way. But the fight went on. What would you think of the whole lead up to this? I mean,
1: well, it is something that there have that been is plenty of women. Their, it is in their literature, but it says, uh, I believe it is termed as boxing match. No women will compete yeah. in a boxing match with breast augmentations. Um, so I can understand. Um, this is I had said to you prior to that. Like one of the things we could talk about are the rules. And I feel right now, as much as they're trying their best to have standardized rules across the board, it has never been more of a wild, wild west when it comes to the rules. New York State being a new place for them with this, I think, maybe only the third or fourth MMA event going on in the New York, in the New York State area since uh, it being um, legalized. So they're, they're still a figuring things out as they go along Four events isn't enough for them to have all the ins and outs of putting on this event, what the rules are and adapting their rules. Cause a lot of the time when it comes to any rules in combat sport, they've adapted from other sports, for instance, like kickboxing or boxing or wrestling, obviously wrestling wouldn't work, but um, so they're just adapting different rules and they, and they don't have everything in place yet. Um, with the new rules in the UFC, like, um, we'll get into that in the, the Weinman fight. But once again, we're in such a gray area over what is legal and what isn't legal. So I, I, I'm i not surprised that they um, let her fight after they, you know, just literally made fools of themselves by trying to say a woman can't fight because she has breast
0: her breast done. Like, I mean, they look like idiots. They do. And that's what's frustrating is the fact that they got in there... They made the announcement, and, you know, the big names of the media come out there and make the announcement for them, basically, because they learned of it. And then they turn around on their decision. And we might as well get right into the Gegard, Musasi Chris Weidman thing, because that was an utter joke. And you could hear it on Joe Rogan's voice during the fight. So what happened if you didn't watch it, if... I mean, you are one of those people out there that didn't get a chance to see UFC 210. What are you doing listening to us? lands... Jesus. Yeah, exactly. But you never know. So Musasi lands two flush knees to the face of Chris Weidman. His hands or his fingers were mere inches off of the mat. And it's now a new rule where if you have one hand on the mat, you can still get kneed in the face. Whereas before, if you had only one hand on the mat, It was illegal to knee the person in the face. Now they have the three points on the mat and whatnot or whatever. You have to have all four points on the mat in order to not be able to be kneed. Referee gets in there, stops the fight because he thinks it's an illegal knee, finds out it's legal. Doctors are in the cage. He goes up to Chris and says, yeah, that was a legal knee. It wasn't illegal. Uh, He lifted you up. He landed the knee right after he lifted you up. But he's still saying they have five minutes. There's no reason whatsoever that Chris Weidman should have gotten five minutes.
1: That was absolutely confusing to me. I was like, okay, then start the fight. And the fight should – as soon as Dan figured out that the the knees were legal – one you should have either stopped the fight immediately going you couldn't proceed you couldn't carry on very similar to i believe it was um uh, remember when brown took a poke or something and he turned and turtle yes. and ran and tried to call his own timeout you can't call your own timeout yes. that okay that's no. a technical knockout to me you're done if you turn turtle exactly. and go a timeout that's you throwing up your white little flag and
0: yeah and <coughs> oh,
1: now man. i feel it's frustrating I feel what the Weinman situation is, I, I think it's a little bit of European soccer going on. I think he knew that the knees were questionable. You know what I mean? Like, he thought yeah. his hands were on the ground. So, he took two really solid shots, thinking they, they were illegal. He went European soccer took a bit of a dive and you even saw they got him up at one point and I thought this was hilarious as if they were doing a roadside sobriety test they had <laughs> yeah, I saw that too. walking the interior line of the octagon. We're not fucking trying to figure out whether this person is high on marijuana or intoxicated. Why do you what kind of walking test are you giving this guy? And then this is where the European soccer aspect came in. unless he was actually wobbled from those knees, which is possible. I, and, and I don't think they were cause I, as, as well as they did connect, I don't think they were super flush because of the way the, uh, both the way they were both moving. Um, like um, he, Geckard pulled up his body and threw the knees at the same time. Exactly. So it kind of went with yes. The way he moved him was with the motion of the knee. So as much as they hit, yeah, I like think he they didn't were, pull him into it. He didn't pull him into the knees. So he was pulling him away. So almost like when you get hit by a punch, but you're moving backwards. So yes. unless Weinman really was stunned, he was he was he pulling a little bit of a uh, Charlie Chapman Charlie Chapman routine and walking wobbly along the line. Which, therefore, now the doctors are in the ring. The doctors are like, well, no, he's very concussed. He can't even walk straight and then fight over. It's, it was the one, the one thing that I took from all of it, and I was, like, super happy about this one part, and it, and it, it doesn't change anything. During the, the celebration, when everybody starts to get super excited super that they just won the fight, Geckard is beyond pissed. And then his coaches and, and everybody out behind him are trying to jump and celebrate. He is looking back at them and giving them the fucking death stare. Like, what are you fucking celebrating? This is nothing to celebrate. Yeah. So at least the honor amongst fighters was still there. And he even said at the end, he's like, hey, rematch, I'll fight him again. I have nothing against Chris Weinman. How could you have something against Chris Weinman? The only thing that he's missing is a freaking shield. He's Captain America.
0: Okay, so the question at hand Let's get back to the rules. Let's talk the rules again. If you get kicked in the balls, you get five minutes. If you take an illegal knee to the head, the fight is over. It's a no contest. You don't get five minutes to regroup if you take an illegal knee to the face. So once they figured out it wasn't an illegal knee and Chris was still down, the fight should have either continued or been stopped because Dan stopped the fight. You don't get five minutes, right?
1: No, you should be you should be standing up and fighting again. But that's why I think the fight got stopped because of the doctors, because of the the wobbly line walk. And this is my opinion. I like obviously, it's just-
0: And Dan went over to the cage. How many different? He went over to the cage three or four times and said, "How much time left? How much time left?" Like that should have never happened.
1: I didn't get that. Even but again, after a they shitty had-
0: athletic commission.
1: Even after they had said, like Big John, he went over and spoke with Big John. Big John went, "Hey, watch yeah. the replay. It's a legal knee." Dan walks over to Weinman, and says, "Hey, it was a legal knee. You still have two and a half minutes." What the fuck?
0: Yes, exactly. And that's where Joe Rogan was furious, and you heard him on the on the on the play, just going off. This is uncalled for. This is ridiculous, and it was completely ridiculous. And in my opinion, and this is just simply my opinion, not taking anyone else's opinion out there, in my opinion, Chris Weidman quit. He Even before all that stuff happened, right when he took the knees and Dan stopped the fight, he didn't actually want to continue fighting.
1: I agree with you. He was looking for a note.
0: Exactly. And he took it. Huh. And you know what? Good on Gegard, and he was a great guest last week, by the way, so one bump... For the Suck a Voice radio hour, Gagard Mousasi got that bump. Um, but it doesn't the do anything
1: for he was It was his no, last fight. No, but in the post fight press
0: conference, he was as honest as he could be. That was the last fight on his contract. He's going to play um, the free agent game. And you know what? He is easily very close to number one contender status, depending on what happens with you all, Romero. He either goes somewhere else and gets paid a hell of a lot of money, which he definitely deserves, or he wants a title shot. And you know what? The guy legitimately deserves more money than what he's getting. He's talking about guys like Bisping making money, and even before he was a title holder, making a hell of a lot more money than he has. This guy's out there winning tons of fights, man. He deserves the money. And he actually said that in the post-fight press conference, which not a lot of guys have the balls to do.
1: I missed the press conference. I'm just uh trying to see if the the payouts for UFC two ten are in yet. Yeah. So Let's check. He would not say in an interview prior what he was being paid. But he actually dude. Ten
0: thousand. Uh yep. For the athlete for the that's the what's it, the athlete outfitting pay, oh okay, so Sorry. that's what he got paid by reebok, oh okay. that's not his got, fight
1: purse, oh gee I got scared for a second there no,
0: it's yeah, too. that's not his fight purse that's okay, the so we're, we're reebok looking at the same payout. thing
1: how how you know I was looking yeah. at that? Jesus. Anyways, I, I was wondering yeah. what he is making. Um, he wouldn't say uh, prior in an interview, watching an interview before, because obviously in the uh, the lead up to this, he's been quite vocal over the circumstances and the, what would be the right word? The, uh, the shitstorm of his weight division, the best way of describing it, with George St. Pierre coming in. Actually, it started with Michael Bisping just winning the belt, first of all. I mean, that just threw a wrench into the entire division. Then, instead of defending it in a rematch or against the number one contender, they put him up against uh, retiring legend Dan Henderson, once again tying up the belt. Now, they're putting him against, pound for pound, one of the greatest fighters on the planet, George St. Pierre, the 175 uh, welterweight champion for, what was it, like eight solid years? I think nine title defenses or something like that. So he's going up against him, once again, tying up the belt, which is just put that division. I can see why Geckard is as annoyed as he is, and as well as all the other people that are right there in the top contention with him.
0: Yeah. I I don't know. I think he's right up there at the top, and if he doesn't get what he wants, then... Very easily walk away and get paid better elsewhere because you know i I truly believe that the u f c is not the be all end all for these guys the uh
1: that second place the uh it's 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 for, it's far down there but Bellator is slowly growing an amazing roster with new talent um older talent and then uh just the product that they're putting out, the way the way Scott Coker is um, presenting everything is palatable. It's it's tasty. Um, free on Spike TV every Friday or Saturday. Um, I mean, they're going into their second pay per view, which I'm not going to purchase, by the way, but I will find a way to watch. <laughs> um, they give you, they give you a a good solid B product, and I enjoy it. It's like, it's it. The fact that we have Bellator now reminds me of the, what I refer to as the glory days. It was when I'd wake up on a Saturday, I'd go online, and I'd watch um, whatever happened in other parts of the world, whether it was like Icon or King of the Cage or Pride, Dream, any of those other organizations. That's what Bellator gives me. It gives me um, another outlet to watch other fighters and, and watch watch fighters grow,
0: you know? For sure. We said UFC 210 was, you know, the rear naked choke. That was the thing of the night, and Daniel Cormier got the job done in the main event. Rear naked choke over Anthony Johnson, round number two. You know, he finished Johnson via rear naked choke in the third round of their first outing. He does it here in the second outing. Was that overshadowed by Anthony Johnson retiring post-fight or what?
1: Well, right off the bat, we, um, we have to go back... To the weigh-ins again with this fight. Not that it matters. It it didn't change the outcome of the fight. But Daniel Cormier cheated. He actually pulled the cheated. oldest trick in the book. The old hang onto the towel to change the the weight of the scale trick. Old that old acorn.
0: Yeah, one point two pounds in a matter of about a minute and a half. That's a big shit to take. (laughs) That is. It is. It
1: isn't it? And and that's what I thought at first until the internet was in up in roar, up in hands up in the air, and people were making videos showing that how you could you could make it fluctuate just by slightly touching a towel in front of you, up to three pounds quite easily without even without any effort. Because it's a digital scale. It's not it's accurate, in my opinion. I mean this is my opinion. Exactly. Um, and
0: they say it's the it's the oldest trick in you know, it was it's used in college wrestling all the time.
1: So that's what he how he would have learned how to do such a thing, being that he is an Olympic wrestler. He's a cheater. But I applaud yeah. him. I also applaud him. You know, I that old rule, if you're if you're not cheating, you're not trying to win. He would have lost his belt, win or lose, if he didn't somehow miraculously lose 1.8 pounds. The belt would have been stripped from him.
0: Yeah, it was pretty, you know, I mean, he was able to get in there. He was able to make weight, title weight at that, because you don't get that extra pound lean way. And uh, he ended up finishing Rumble Johnson and actually finishing off his career.
1: Well, what did you take on Rumble's tactics in the fight?
0: Um, Rumble I thought it was known. stupid. And you know what? Yeah, I thought it was stupid. And I thought that, uh, why are you going in there as this whole knockout artist and trying to wrestle with him? It was very, very idiotic, in my opinion. And I did feel sorry for him post fight because when he was, you know, up in tears and whatnot, his corner had already left him. Because they were so pissed off by his performance and the fact that he was trying to out-wrestle Daniel Cormier.
1: They left him in the octagon, which he turned at one point and goes, I don't know where my team is, as he was thanking everybody for his career. And his team had just abandoned him. So it doesn't look like they were in the know.
0: No, nobody knew.
1: What is Nobody this mysterious and, and, job and, that Rumble Johnson is leaving? Fighting for, he can't talk about it, but it's just business.
0: Exactly, and it's not playing for the L.A. Rams. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, fuck, he has let me down and disappointed me more times than I could count. He just has.
0: I wrote today a nine hundred and sixty-seven word. Career retrospect on Anthony Johnson, and I I didn't put any of the you know abuse stuff in there, but I put in alleged the alleged exactly. But I put in the amount of times that he's missed weight. I have been damn impressed by his career over the last couple years, though. Uh, Since moving to light heavyweight, he has impressed the shit out of me. Since 2012, the only man he has lost to is Daniel Cormier.
1: He has a Superman tattoo on his arm. Is Daniel Cormier
0: his kryptonite? Oh, easily. For sure. I think that, you know, and he said that he's walking away from the sport. But the fight that he let go, the fight that has never come to fruition, is John Jones. And... Who knows? As I said last week, Anthony Rumble Johnson is not a gimme fight for John Jones, and he said if he were to come back, hell, he'd fight John Jones at heavyweight. So that's a fight to make if you want to see Anthony Johnson back inside the cage. Maybe that's what you do. Maybe you put Daniel Cormier in there against uh, Jimmy Manoa, which is almost exactly the same fight as this one, in my opinion, because Manoa is basically Anthony Johnson in a different shell. And uh, put Anthony Johnson in there against John Jones for another number one contender status fight.
1: But what if Rumble wins? It's just pointless. He has no heart. True. He can't be there. I'm done with him. He's gone to me. He's dead to me. Yeah. He's dead to me. (laughs) After, (laughs) I don't care what he's done for me all these years, all of the performances he's put on. Um, knocking out Tommy Spears. I got to watch live in Broomsfield, Colorado. All I could think as that happened is, oh shit, I never want this guy to fight George. He had an impressive career. He did have a a couple marks as far as not making weight a few times. Um, But he did find his place at 205 and he was a very impressive fighter. And out of all of the fights that he has had in his life, the ones that I have been unimpressed with with Daniel Cormier. Other than that, my hat goes off to him. He was he was great to watch. Um and I and I don't think outside of winning the belt there was any more he could have achieved in the sport of
0: MMA. A bit of a one trick pony though. Yeah, but it was such a good trick. It was a fantastic trick.
1: <laughs> D- Daniel Cormier is a one trick pony. He's a grinder. It's just it can be applied in so many what sneakily little ways you know what i mean like he only goes for singles for sure he only goes for singles every now and then he'll do the body lock and then the trip but for the most part he goes for singles high crotch dumps him remember when he did it to josh barnett for god's sakes you'd never seen josh barnett get tossed he picked josh barnett up over his head and dumped him right down on his dome he
0: yeah it was insane if it, it was wasn't good, for John
1: though. Jones, I would say Daniel Cormier is without a doubt the greatest fighter that has ever lived. Look at his resume. Look at what he did in Strike Force. Look at what he has done in the UFC. Look at what he did in the heavyweight division. Look at what he has done in the light heavyweight division. The legends that he has taken <laughs> on and dismantled. <laughs> when he first started in Strike Force, he was labeled as Black Fedor. And I think he has lived up to that to the best of his ability. If he could just find a spot where he could at least either turn on the crowd or have the crowd love him. That is the only mark against him. And it's nothing to do with his fighting. It's his personality. And I, I think as a fighter, he's one of the greatest fighters and will go down as one of the greatest fighters in history.
0: Perfect leadway to end the show. This upcoming week, in my opinion, you're saying the greatest fighter other than John Jones. Forget that noise. The greatest fighter in MMA history right now. Pound for pound king. Demetrius Johnson enters the octagon on Saturday night against Wilson Hayes. This is a fight that was supposed to happen a little while back, happened Saturday night. And then just mere hours after that, we get Ryzen, which is basically pride. Again, who's, these guys who, who's coming in Ryzen? there. Ryzen. What's that?
1: Who's on the Ryzen
0: card? The Ryzen main event, let me tell you, it's Ryzen Fighting Federation 5, and the main event is a f- two former UFC fighters, Anthony Burchak and Tatsuya Kawajiri. And it's it's not a great card, but it's a fun one because it's Ryzen, so you never know. Heath Herring's on it Sato- against Satoshi Ishii. Should be a pretty fun card. I always love Ryzen because you never know what you're going to get. So that's what's happening next weekend. We'll chat about that a little bit next week because there's no need to dive into picks. Everyone out there does picks. But as I said, pound for pound king, Demetrius Johnson going to go in there and do work. Hopefully once he gets this victory, moves away from the flyweight division. Moves up to weight, Takes on super fights because I would love to see him kick ass in two different divisions
1: yeah I agree pound <laughs> for pound the the king, um you know what it's funny, as I was watching last night's fights, as I was watching Daniel Cormier in there, I could all I could think was they're almost the same person. they are without a doubt technically two of the greatest fighters ever that just nobody cares about, and it sucks
0: exactly. It sort of sucks. I've been at a few of Demetrius fights live, people walking out of the crowd. That's what we'll do here. We'll let you guys walk away, but hopefully you stuck with us till the end, not like the Demetrius Johnson fights. So Dave does it for another week of the Sucker Radio Hour. We almost made it an hour this week. What you got for the fans, buddy? Let them know where they can find you and anything you got going on.
1: Uh, Don't forget to tune in to This Boy's Life. Download on iTunes and all other podcast uh, apps. Check me out on Instagram, This Boy's Life. Peace out, yo.
0: Check me out on Instagram at Jeremy underscore 604, on Twitter at Jeremy Brand 604, and make sure you check out MMA Sucker on every social media platform as well as the website for all your mixed martial arts needs. That does it for the Sucker Radio Hour. We're out. Check us out next week. That was another episode of the Sucker Voice Radio Hour.